Did you look around and see the people here? But well, this is about like they have regularly. I went up there and I went, and he wants me to preach about two nights. I'm done fizzle out. I mean, Lord, all them eyes and ears and nose and all these folks looking at you. Yeah, I'm from a little church, about a couple of hundred. But uh, we're blessed to have him. We're blessed to have Brother Jay and Holmes from North Little Rock, Arkansas. bless you. You can be seated. What do you say after all that? I know one thing. I'm nervous in a crowd. I sure don't have a bunch of preachers around. Amen. I feel very humbled tonight to be here tonight in this service. What a what an honor. Feel almost like I'm filling in for my dad. And those are some mighty big shoes. But, uh, the friendship of the Biloxi Church and the Springers. You've already heard. It's been over a number and number of years. We love them so much. Appreciate them so much. Appreciate the wonderful truth that they stand for. And the message that they've held on to. Hallelujah. What a blessed people we are. You know, it just seems like today, just like we're just uh, one big family. And our people, I was so thrilled to see them come. And I wondered how many would show up. And uh, so wonderful to see all of them out here tonight. I know I've got some help. Amen. <laughs> And I tell you what, I look. And, uh, and thrilled me last night. I looked across this building and I, I was shocked. I seen Brother Billy Roberts and his wife here. And uh, he just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Delivered the night he got the Holy Ghost, he threw away his cigarettes, poured out the alcohol, did away with that. And got rid of his television. I love it. <laughs> and it's been coming to morning prayer meeting on top of that. That's going to make a good one. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Appreciate all of my fellow ministers here tonight. These wonderful, outstanding men of God. I sure do hope that you... Uh, are my friend tonight. Amen. So we appreciate you so much being here and, and uh, the men of God that hold this truth, hold up this wonderful banner. Praise God. Singing's been beautiful. Well, I just thought if we had some pretty preaching to go with this pretty singing. <laughs> sure do hate to let all you people down. Hallelujah. But there won't be no pretty preaching, I can tell you that right now. Hallelujah. But I do want the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I know what it is to put these services on, Brother Springer. We've been doing it for a long time. And uh, people come. 
And when you leave, you wonder, did it? Uh, did we do good? Or what was what was accomplished? What was left? <laughs> and uh, sometimes it makes you scratch your head a little bit and wonder, you know, what it's all about. And I prayed and prayed hard. Our church has been praying. My my dear wife and my mother. I don't see her right now. Amen. We're in the back. Good. Amen. We have been praying. Our church has been praying for this service, Brother Springer. Because it's our heart's desire that we would leave this service tonight. And this church would have been strengthened. And your hands would have been lifted up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this local church would have been encouraged a little bit to fight another battle, go another day, live for God. Hallelujah. You believe God's able to do that in one service? I know there's some formality and to a service like this. But oh, we know what His presence is all about and His anointing is all about and what just one touch of the Holy Ghost can do. One wave of glory across this place. Hallelujah. And you people will be glad that you had a special service and, and this dedication is what it will make it a very special time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to take a little bit of liberty, and I want to ask, uh, if it will, Brother Springer, your wife, both of your wives, come up here, if they will. And can you get a chair? Y'all sit together here, up here, Sister Springer. God bless these wonderful people. Thank God for a lighthouse on the Gulf Coast. Amen. Praise God. Brother Cole, it's good to see you again. I've seen Brother Heyman here a long ways off. Amen. Brother Cox told me everything's already been preached. He said, I don't know what you're going to do. Well, I'll tell you what, if we have a move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That'll take care of everything, won't it? Praise God. Reading a verse of Scripture... from the book of Jude. The third verse. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. He said, it was needful that I'd write to you that you would earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you tonight about what we are dedicating this building for what purpose it's being dedicated for and what the purpose of it is. And I believe if it could all be summed up in just a nutshell, it could be the purpose 
the work of the ministry as well as the work of the saints is to be keepers of the ark the keepers of the ark it's not enough just for the ministers to carry that burden but I'm believing and asking God that the Holy Ghost will sweep across this audience and refresh our vision and our burden all over again for the work of God reading again and often time I guess this is part of a service like this the dedication of Solomon's temple he said and the house which I built is great for great is our God above all gods but who is able to build him a house seeing the heaven and the heaven of the heavens cannot contain him who am I then that I should build him a house save only to burn sacrifices before him and then the prayer, the dedication, and the, the praise, and the worship was this. It came even to pass, as the trumpeters and the singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice, and the trumpets, and the cymbals, and the instruments, and the music, and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by the reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. When they all got together and they began to praise and to worship God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost came down in that place. Hallelujah. And then God gave a promise to the children of Israel that would last for many years. In these scriptures, he gave this promise. And the Lord appeared unto Solomon at night and said unto him, I heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. And everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Again, he said, when the heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against thee, yet if they pray toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin, when thou doest afflict them, then hear thou from heaven and forgive the sin of thy servants and thy people Israel when they has taught them the good way. Wherein they should walk and send rain upon the land which thou hast given unto thy people for an inheritance. God said, whenever 
things go wrong and things have gone contrary and your back is against the wall and it was no accident but it, I did it on purpose and I sent a famine and I sent problems and I sent troubles your way he said if my people which are called by my, my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face then if you're in captivity you're a long ways from home you can't get back if you'll just turn in this direction and start crying and start praying oh what a promise I'm going to promise you something I'm going to promise you something I'm going to give you a promise and that promise is that I'm going to forgive and I'm going to heal and I'm going to change and I'm going to turn around and I'm going to make it different than it was before <laughs> and God we got the promise hallelujah I ask you a question tonight. What was it in that temple that was so special to God that he made them that promise? If you will look back to that temple then and pray and repent and seek my face, I will forgive and I will heal and I will bless and I will change and I will come to your rescue and I'll turn the situation around and I'll make a way where there is no way. What was it in that temple? And you know what it was? It was the Ark of the Covenant. It was there was where the mercy seat was. And there was where his presence was. And that is what made that place so special. It wasn't the beauty of the building, the magnificent building that Solomon had built that made it so special. But it was what that building contained. It was what was inside that building that made it so special. And inside that building was a little small box, if you want to call it, about four feet long, a little over two feet high, and about two feet, a little over two feet wide, sitting on a table. And it was known as the Ark of the Covenant. And this was given to the children of Israel for a purpose. Ark, of course, just meaning a place of refuge or a place of safety. A covenant meaning an agreement with the people of God. This is where the agreement is going to be. In fact, when God gave this, he gave it to his servant Moses. And he said, Moses, I want you to make for me a sanctuary. A place where I can dwell among my people. Then he gave him the instructions and the first thing he told him to build was this special piece of furniture. And that was the Ark of the Covenant. He gave him the instructions. He gave him the measurements just how he was supposed to build it before he had ever received the Ten Commandments. But he said, I'm going to tell you now, that's what's coming. It's going to be a place where you can put my agreement in and it will be a safekeeping place. A place that is kept safe, the agreement that I, God is going to make with man. This is what I want you to put inside of this special piece of furniture. This special piece of furniture that I am going to have it placed among my people where my presence can come down and I can deal with the people of God. 
I'm not going to just do any old way, but there will be a certain way. A special way. And I'd like to just term it like this. Really what it was, it was God's safe deposit box. It wasn't just anything. It was, it, it, it was, it was God's safe deposit box like so many of you people have. And that's where you put your treasures. That's where you put important papers in, in the safe deposit box. And God said, that's what I want you to do with that. Build that cabinet, that place for me, and you're going to put these three things in there. You will, inside of it will be the Ten Commandments. And then the pot of manna that I have provided and fed you with. And then also, along with that, will be Aaron's rod. That's going to be the agreement, and that's the way that I'm going to do it, and I'm going to work with the children of Israel. We see that Ark of the Covenant as it begins to move. As Moses steps off the scene, Joshua takes the leadership role of the children of Israel to lead them on. And you see it for the first time. It moves, and it moves to the Red Sea, or to the Jordan River. It comes to Jordan's River, and there the priests are instructed on what to do. And they say, Joshua tells them, you take that Ark of the Covenant, and you go stand in the midst of that Jordan River, and it's going to roll back. Right. And when that Jordan River seen those priests and that Ark of the Covenant, it had no other choice but to roll back. Hallelujah. It was a time when it was out of its out of its banks, it had flooded, but it made no difference because the Ark of the Covenant had moved. And Joshua said, when you see that Ark of the Covenant, children of Israel, move, I want you to move. When you see the Ark move, you move. When you see the Ark move, you move. It's time for Israel to move when you see the Ark move. And they followed the Ark of the Covenant, and they moved as it crossed Old Jordan. Then as it takes that cross Jordan and the waters are rolled back, they come to the very first city, and it's the city of Jericho. And God says, Joshua, take it and instruct the people how they are to march around the walls. March around them for six days, once every day. And then on the seventh day, seven times. And you take the Ark of the Covenant and you carry it around that city. And on the seventh day, then the walls will fall flat. There's power in his presence. And with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you tonight, children of God, don't be weary. And don't be troubled. Because if we can keep the Ark of the Covenant, it doesn't matter if they close up the walls, it doesn't matter how this world is Satan and all of his powers comes against us. If we're the keepers of the Ark of the Covenant, there's going to be victory for the children of God. The devil can't do anything. He can't cross the bloodline. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's nothing the devil can do with the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. Everybody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. They move on and they come to, they win that victory and the walls fall flat and then they come to Ai. And when they get to Ai, they're overcome. And you read again about the Ark of the Covenant. Joshua, the Bible says he goes and he falls before 
the Ark of the Covenant. And he prays and he says, oh God, what's went wrong? Give me direction. Give me help. Give me instructions. Just tell me what to do. And God gives him the perfect plan how that they win that battle when he's in the presence of the Almighty God laying before that special piece of furniture, the Ark of the Covenant. Then you don't read a whole lot more about the Ark of the Covenant until you get over into the book of Samuel. And you read about Eli's sons, his evil sons that have done wrong. And uh, some way Eli failed to restrain them and take a stand against his own household. They're doing evil. They're taking flesh hooks. And they're going down to the sacrifice before God even gets his part, which was the fat of it. They were taking flesh hooks and jerking out what they wanted, perhaps for earthly gain, monetary gain, that they were doing this. And they were committing adultery, and sin was awful, right in the presence of God and among the children of Israel. Horrible time and a horrible day. We see in that very time there's a small child that's being dedicated to the service of God by the name of Samuel. But at, the, at this very time, whenever there was so much sin going on, the Philistines come. And the Bible said they come against the children of Israel. And the children of Israel arise and go to battle, go to war against the Philistines. Until 4,000 of the children of Israel have been destroyed. They come back home, they're weeping, they're, they're whipped, they're troubled, they're discouraged. And not knowing what to do, 4,000 of them weeping over, over the graves of, of loved ones now. And someone says, I'll tell you what we're going to do, we're going to take the Ark of the Covenant. And we'll carry that out to battle. The Bible said they've taken the Ark of the Covenant with them to battle. They said, let us go. And Hophni and Phinehas went along with them, this, these two wicked, ungodly boys that were living ungodly, goes with the Ark of the Covenant. And as they start out with the Ark of the Covenant, down through the city, they begin to shout and rejoice. And all the children of Israel are clapping their hands and shouting and praising and glorifying God. And there was a, the Bible said there was a great shout until the earth, it began to ring again. There was such a commotion. They could remember how that it led them across Jordan. They could remember the victories of yesterday and what God had done for them across Jordan and then Jericho and then how they wanted Ai and then they just had victory everywhere they had turned. The hand of God had been upon them and the blessings of God had been upon them. And now it seems they have fallen flat of their face. And not knowing what to do, they take the Ark of the Covenant with them and they say, this is our answer. We're going to go to battle and we'll surely win this time. And they shouted and they praised God. But whenever they had got to the Philistines with the 
Ark of the Covenant. This time, not just 4,000 of them are destroyed, but 30,000. Now there's 34,000. And then another sad thing takes place. The Bible said, and the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant, that most treasured gift that the children of Israel had. Here these wicked, ungodly heathens have got their hands on God's instrument, on God's covenant, on God's piece of special furniture. Oh God, help us. Holy Ghost, talk to us. Speak to us, Lord, speak to us. And I'm going to tell you tonight what was going wrong. When they should have been repenting, they were trying to shout. When they should have been falling on their faces and crying and weeping and praying and God have mercy on us and God forgive us and God help us and God turn this situation around and God change this thing that's come against us, oh God. Please have mercy upon us. They had taken the Ark of the Covenant and as it passed through the city, instead of crying and weeping and seeking God, the Bible says they're shouting and rejoicing. God, talk to us tonight. God, speak to us tonight. Hallelujah. I believe we're living in a day and an hour when we need to be a crying and we need to be a praying and seeking God about this thing called Pentecost and believing for an old-fashioned Holy Ghost heaven-sent devil-chasing revival. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, give us somebody that'll weep. Give us somebody that will pray. I have to confess to you tonight as a pastor, and y'all help me. Saints help me. Preachers help me. I, I am I, I'm confused in this hour that we're living in. This is a frightening day that we're in. This is a this is a troublesome day. And the Bible said that if it's possible, the very elect is going to be deceived. That the devil is going to turn loose on this world. The deceitful powers of hell is going to come against the church. To get in the church and get his hands on the church. And confuse our minds of what, what is right. And what is wrong. And what is black. And what is right. And which direction to go. And what to do. And how to turn. I'm here to tell you, the devil wants to give us this easy, greasy, slimy religion where there's no sacrifice and no commitment and no consecration and no dedication and no change of the heart and no coming out, just staying in. Oh yeah, no coming out, just stay in, live like you are, do what you want to do and everything's all. Let me tell you something. Hallelujah. If television is all right, there's not a sin in this world. There's no such thing as sin. If you can keep an ungodly box in your home, you can do anything, my friend. Because on that box, you're fixing to see about everything. Oh, 
Brother Holmes, you don't understand. They're shouting. Yes, they are shouting. But I want to tell you something. I've got a question for you. Is the Ark of the Covenant coming to them? Or is the Ark of the Covenant going away from them? And I'm here to tell you that the Ark of the Covenant is leaving out the city. And people think because they see it moving that it's coming their way. And because people are shouting. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. I want to bless this church. I want to bless this pastor. Oh, and I, more than that, I want to do the will of God tonight in this service. Oh, speak to us, Holy Ghost. Would you pray with me right now? Talk to us, Holy Ghost. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Where are we at in this thing called Pentecost? Somebody chart the course for me. Somebody show me where I'm at. Somebody show us where we're going. If we can just get direction in this hour. If we can get bearing in this hour. We will know. We will know which way to go. Brothers will know what to preach. If we can get direction in this hour. I hear the shouting, but it scares me. I hear it, but I'm frightened. You can be seated. I'm frightened by it. It scares me. It scares me what I'm hearing. It's frightening what we're hearing. Are we going to mistaken it and say, brother, it's there. Woo! They've got the ark. They've got the ark. It's there. Listen to them shout. Listen to them sing. Listen to them preach. You've never heard preaching like they preach. You've never heard singing like that. But which way is it going? Come on, brothers. Come on. I'm searching my heart. Would you help me search? I don't believe I'm here among any enemies tonight. I believe we all agree basically on what I'm preaching about tonight. I believe we're hungry for a move of God. I want to be saved. I want more for rock saved. I want to be the will of God. I want the power of God in the church. I want the power of God in my life. I want the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon me. I want the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon our services. I want the move of God. We've got to have the move of God. And I'm here. We're all here to have church together, aren't we, brothers? We're all here to search together and pray together. Wouldn't it be something if the Holy Ghost could just move through this place and speak to us? That we all would search our hearts together and pray together and hold hands together. And say, God, we don't want a phony. We don't want a fake. We don't want something that almost looks like the real thing. But we're here contending for the faith that was once delivered to Biloxi, Mississippi. We're contending for it. We gotta have it. We gotta have it. We gotta have it. We've gotta have it. We've gotta have it. We've gotta have it. We've gotta have it. And you know what we what I'm saying? We've gotta have we've gotta have a move of God. And to have a move of God, we gotta have repentance. 
we got to have consecration. You just can't leave it off. You just can't throw the holiness out the door and have a move of God. You just can't do it. It won't work. It won't ring right. As my old daddy used to say, Brother Springer, it doesn't have that Jerusalem ring. We got to have it. Come on. Come on, saints. It's not just for the pastors and the ministers to protect the ark. You saints have got to help protect this ark. Everybody's got to get on board. Everybody's got to protect it. Everybody's got to shoulder the responsibility. Come on, musicians. Come on, singers. Come on, we're all in this together. We're all in this battle together. Oh, the same spirit that's fighting you is fighting me. Oh, yes, it is. The same devil that's against you is against us. But we got to have it. we just got to have a move of God. And to have a move of God, we've got to keep repentance. And we've got to keep Holy Ghost prayer meetings. And there's got to be travail. And there's got to be holiness preaching. And there's got to be preaching of doctrine. There's just got to be preaching. There just has to be old-fashioned preaching. Old-fashioned holiness preaching. Down-to-earth preaching. Holy Ghost preaching. Tongue-talking preaching. Preach out about sin. Preach out about the world. Name and sin. We gotta have it. We just gotta have it. We just gotta keep contending for it. We just gotta keep fighting for it. We just gotta keep believing for it. We just gotta keep holding on to it. Because there's everything in the world to knock us off. Prosperity is to knock us off. Brother, I'm gonna tell you when you can buy 18 wheeler load of televisions. Hallelujah. Whenever, whenever you have been blessed, so with material things. Hey, we cannot compete with Hollywood. Don't let's quit kidding ourselves. <laughs> They've got the Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We don't need no second hand Elvis Presley's in Pentecost. No, 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 no. We need a move of God. We need a revival. We need somebody that will get in the spirit and stay in the spirit and talk in tongues. Come on. Come on, saints, cry with me. Come on, saints, pray with me. Come on, saints, contend with me. Come on, preachers, believe with me. We can have it. We can have it. But says, somebody says, Brother, Brother Holmes, you don't understand. We've got it. Listen to the sound of it. Listen to the sound of it. It sounds like Pentecost. It must be Pentecost because it sounds like Pentecost. And this is a new day. And if we're going to reach the world, there's going to have to be some trading in, swapping from that old method and old style of Pentecost to the moving up of the new style. Hallelujah. And the new way of doing things. Hallelujah. And what Pentecost is on the threshold of trying to do is to create a feeling and an atmosphere of an anointing without 
Holy Ghost, prayer meetings, and consecration, and holiness preaching, and saying goodbye to the world. They're trying to create a feeling that you get this feeling like the world gets when they go to the ball game. Same animal, just a different dress on. It scares me. Brothers, I'm trembling tonight. I'm praying. Hallelujah. Oh, God, help us. It's a frightening day that we're in. I've been to a few of these so-called gospel scenes. And I've watched guys that it was not hard to discern that they were of a different breed than what I was. I mean, it was not hard at all to tell that they needed an extra screw right here in their wrist. It was not hard to tell. They made no bones about it. You could see it in their hairstyle. You could see it in their clothes. You could see it in their shirts that looked like blouses. Hallelujah. You could see it in the cards that they were wearing. You could see it in the tone of voice that they sung and spoke in. Long hair, ungodly looking, far from God, singing songs of design, songs of God. Hallelujah. And when I walked in that audience and that packed out house was full of people, let me tell you, it was a very uplifting emotional experience. God is in this place. Everybody put your hands together now. We're going to praise the Lord. And the audience would cheer and clap. And you could feel an emotional feeling down in your heart or soul or somewhere. And brother, I'm going to tell you, if they're right, I don't want nothing to do with God, religion, or nothing else. I mean, if they, if they have got the Ark of the Covenant... You can be saved from just reading the back of the cereal box. Because it doesn't make a dime's worth of difference what you do, hon. If they've got the Ark of the Covenant and they've got the real anointing of the Holy Ghost upon their lives and they're singing and that unction is flowing from them to that audience and if that's what we're feeling, my daddy spent a lifetime in vain along with a bunch of other old ministers, Brother Clifton and a bunch of more. I love this message. I'm searching. I'm searching, church. I'm scared to death. I'm frightened. I'm afraid. I don't want to end up and be lost. But this is a day. Throw the old away and give us the new. And let's have this. Gospel singing style of service. Of clapping and cheering and woo! Aren't we having a time and aren't we having a move of God? Ooh, I felt something. Ooh, I could not help it. I cried while they were singing. Yet it's apparent that they were living a life that was contradicting the Word of God when it says for a woman not to cut her hair. Search with me. Play with me. Help me tonight. 
then let me go a step farther. Was Jimmy swaggered right when he sat down at that piano? And that was all that was on the stage and the pulpit was out of the way. And, of course, I've never been to one of his. But I've heard about it. And I've heard a lot of precious saints of God. Little gray-headed mothers that loved, I knew they loved this truth. But you know what they'd say? When I hear that man sing, I know, I know it's God. And he's singing that song and he says, Praise the Lord and hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Was it God? Can you live with prostitutes and be of God? Can you walk off of a stage and go to some cheap motel and have an affair? Oh. Yeah, but I felt it when I played his music and played his tapes. And there was something there to it. You better be careful about what you're feeling. I want to tell you what we better do. We better go back and get this book. I said we better go back and get this book. We better forget all that feel-good business. But it's so much more fun and it makes church so much more exciting. We're not getting anywhere. If you're not going to make a commitment to God, we're spinning our wheels. It's like trying to carry you to the ball game and, and always have a cheering crowd to arouse your emotions. But I'm going to tell you, if you ever get a hold of this Ark of the Covenant and you ever get a hold of this old black book and you ever get in love with Jesus, they can sing a slow one or they can sing a fast one. It doesn't matter what they sing. Hey. It doesn't matter what they're singing. I'm going to tell you if I can keep this brother Billy in prayer meetings and he'll keep worshiping God, give us a dry Tuesday night. Oh yeah, it'll be good for him. Last Tuesday night we had a storm hit just a little before church and the number was off and hallelujah. Ooh, I felt something rise up in my spirit. I said, this is the best night. This is going to be one of the best services we've ever had. And I knew that they'd all come there and it'd be a little dry. And they'd be kind of looking around. Well, what you going to do tonight, Brother Holmes? I'll tell you what moves us. It's this old book. Somebody preach to me. Preach to me, preacher. Preach to me, preacher. Chart my course for me. Show me where I'm at right now. And show me where I'm going. Tell me what it's going to take. Line me up and line me out. And preach to me the book. And tell me what it's going to take. Don't give me this little emotional doodad stuff. Oh, man. Put your hands together. We got a move of God tonight. Oh, honey. I want to tell you what produces a move of God. Is when people get in love with this book. When people get in love with preaching.
You can be seated. I'm going to tell you something. We've lived to see the day that preaching has become a professional. You got to take a text. You got to tell a story. You got to. You got to do it. Hallelujah. And just make everybody feel good. Just get that feel good stuff going. And boy, if you can get that feel good stuff going, they'll all go home and say, Woo, haven't we had a move of God? Sin stays in the pew. Ungodliness goes right on. It's unchecked. They're not under no condemnation. They feel good about what they're going to do tomorrow. They feel good about what they did yesterday. And they just go on just like they're going. But I'm here to tell you, my friend, I'm here to tell you, it's finally going to catch up with you one of these days. And let me ask you a question. What are you going to do on that day? Oh, I'm so glad of my heritage. I'm glad of where I come from, and I'm glad of where I'm going. It, it, it served me well. I've got to say I'm back home. Truth has been good to me, and by the grace of God, I'm going to be good to truth. It has blessed me. It has put shoes on my feet. It's put clothes on my back. It's blessed me with a wonderful home. It's blessed me with a great church. It's blessed me with his presence and with his anointing and with a sweet family. What more could a man want than those things? I'm telling you, God has been good to us. God has blessed us abundantly. And I'm not ready to turn it loose. Come from an old school, dear dad. They brag on him, talk about him a lot. He was a great man, but I'm going to tell you, he wasn't no preacher of great swelling words of men's wisdom. He just wasn't that. I'm going to tell you what, he didn't do that. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He didn't, he didn't put a sermon together much. He'd just get about one verse of Scripture. And he'd read that verse of Scripture. And sometimes he'd read it again. And sometimes he'd read it again. And he'd just get on that one verse of Scripture. And he'd just preach and he'd just keep on preaching. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Some of you older ones here, give me one of those verses. Amen. Tell me what. Hallelujah. And preach a while. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he preached. You can get the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You can get the Holy Ghost. You can get healed. You can get deliverance. You can get what you need. God has set you free. And he built one of the greatest churches in Arkansas. Hallelujah. Throwing songbooks and shouting and preaching. He knew one thing, and if we're not careful, we're going to lose sight of it. And that was this. If you're going to keep a church together, you've got to keep people worshiping, and you've got to keep a move of God, and you've got to keep prayer meeting going. Because if you don't, the devil's going to get in. And they just kept contending, and they kept on preaching, and they kept believing, and they kept trusting, and they kept holding on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to tell you something. When the world gets the Ark of the Covenant, they're not going to be able to do anything with it when they get it. The Philistines taking the Ark of the Covenant 
and they carried it from one city to another city and every city they went to they were getting in trouble every way they turned and finally they said I'm going to tell you we've got to get rid of this thing and the Bible said they called their false prophets and preachers together and said tell us how they could have found God oh somebody said no it's just for the, the Jews no how did Rahab get in Hallelujah. Have the Gibbonites get in. I'm going to tell you, don't give me that stuff you can't live for God. If you want to live for God, you'll make a way to live for God. You'll find the way you can live for God. Some way, somehow, you'll do it. But success and blessings, they didn't need God and they didn't want God. They put their God in, in with their God and it falls flat of its face. They come back and stand it back up and it falls again and it breaks to pieces. And they said, we got to get rid of it. Preachers tell us how to get rid of it. Oh, God, it's a sad day when preachers spend their ministry trying to help people's conscience not to bother them. Teach them how that you can look at evil and sin. It don't don't bother. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It won't bother you. When they use the Word of God skillfully to try to soothe them over that they can go deeper and deeper in sin. Let me tell you, men of God, and you know it very well, there's preachers tonight that rejoice. And every time they see our standards eroding at all, they're thrilled beyond words. Another one has fallen. Another one has slipped. Another one, his foot slipped out from under him. Oh, I'm going to tell you, a true God-called, God-fearing preacher, his hair stands up on the back of his neck when he sees the devil inching his way into God's church and God's kingdom. And that goes for saints too. And why don't you give God a hand clap of praise? They send the Ark of the Covenant back. He says, put it on a new cart. Put those, take two cows that have never had a harness put on them. Hook them to that new cart and send the Ark of the Covenant. We're going to see which way it goes. Lock their two calves up in the stall and turn them loose. We're going to find out something. Boy, it'd be wonderful if we'd wake up to this revelation. We're going to find out whether this has just happened to us by chance or whether God is in this and God has done this. And if these two cows go back to the children of Israel, we're going to know without a doubt that there is a God in Israel. And the Bible said the five lords of those Philistines, they got behind those two cows and they followed those cows. And the Bible said those two cows did not turn to the right or to the left. But as hard as they could go, they headed in the direction of Israel. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And those Philistines got to the county line, and when they crossed over those two cows, the Philistines stopped right there at the line and said, We're not going to go any further. We see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hear a call tonight. It's a call from God for us to go on, church. Yeah. There's a couple calves that's back in the stall somewhere. It's locked up. They're belly aching. They're bleeding. They're hollering and carrying on. 
But don't you pay this wall any of attention. I'm telling you, Brother Billy, the wall you come out of, you just keep running. I mean, don't look to the right and don't look to the left. We've got revival and we've got victory. And the Ark of the Covenant ended up at Bathshemesh. And at Bathshemesh, the Bible said when they seen it, Israel began to rejoice. And they said, come, Levites, and take this Ark of the Covenant down. And the Bible said they'd taken the Ark of the Covenant, they took that new cart, they chopped it up in pieces, and they used the, that new cart to build a sacrifice unto the Lord. And to give praise unto God. And then the men of Bashemesh, they got curious and they got to wondering what on earth is inside that Ark of the Covenant. They knew the Ten Commandments was there. They knew the rod of Aaron's was there. They knew that pot of manna was inside that Ark of the Covenant. And the Bible said those men went up to the Ark of the Covenant and they lifted up the lid to look inside. Oh, I prayed about this one for a while. And the Holy Ghost spoke this to me. No commentary, the Holy Ghost. God spoke to me. You know what they had in mind? They were going to get their evil hands inside the Ark of the Covenant and get their hands on that Ten Commandments. And I believe in their mind, they said, if we can change the Ten Commandments, we can change the way God has of dealing with us. And we can get some other gods beside the God that we're serving. And God said, it's not going to happen. Get your nasty hands off of my piece of furniture. You're not going to do it. And the Bible said there was a great slaughter. And they died. Because they were going to put their hands. And they were going to take that Ark of the Covenant and those pieces out of it. Let me tell you something, preachers. I believe with all my heart. Every false doctrine that has ever come alive. It's become because some carnal preacher opened this book and attempted to preach God's word without the real genuine, genuine anointing of the Holy Ghost in his life. That's where all false doctrine started. Have no business touching this book because they don't know the author of this book. They don't have the Holy Ghost of this book. They don't know God. That's where Trinity come from. They said if we can get in there and get a hold of this thing, we can get it stopped. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what the devil's doing. He's trying his best to use church boards and saints. Oh, thank God for our precious Pentecostal saints, Brother Springer. Oh, thank God for good, great men, talented in this world, making money right and left. Hallelujah. Operating companies and blessed every way they turn. Thank God for men that are blessed and saints that are blessed. That says, we understand, Brother Pastor. We understand when we're down here at Hudson shopping, that's one thing. Hallelujah. And when we're talking about hunting, that's one thing. But when we start talking about that book, and we start talking about church, and we start talking about the Word of God, and we start talking about the things of God, 
Oh, we understand that our hands is to stay off that. That's not up to us what to say. It's not up to us what to preach. Preacher, you're the preacher. Just preach to me. Just tell me what it's going to take. Halfway yet, saints. Where you at, church? Preach to me. Don't you put your hands on that book. You ain't got any business trying to interpret what that book says. Oh, brother pastor, I don't think it means that you're out of your place. You're fixing to die. It's what's fixing to happen to you. Preacher, I want to take issue with what you preached tonight. Ooh, Jesus. You're treading on dangerous grounds, my friend. I'm not trying to be no smart aleck. I'm trying to save your soul. You can't fool with this book. You can't set the standards of this church. You can't set the standards of it. You may not like it. You can't, you can't change it. They knew that inside that Ark of the Covenant was Aaron's rod. And when Israel had rebelled, God spoke to Aaron and he spoke to the 12 tribes and he said, go ahead and pick you out a man. And they brought 12 men and he said, now take their rods. And they were 12 rods. He said, write their name on those rods. And you bring them and put them before the Ark of the Covenant. And you're going to see tomorrow who I have anointed. And when they come back the next day, it had blossomed, bloomed and blossomed and brought forth almonds and brought forth fruit. This is who I have anointed. Hallelujah. God's put a preacher in this church. God's put a pastor 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 in Biloxi. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come up here, Brother Springer. Hallelujah. Thank God for a God-fearing man. Hallelujah. That's not afraid to preach the truth and preach the word of God. Oh, don't drag your feet. Don't make his load heavy. Don't, don't drag your feet on the word of God. Hold up his hands. Get behind him. Don't try to change the standard. See how far from the world we can get uh, and how close to cop we can get. Uh, because if we'll do that, uh, we'll keep the anointing of the Holy Ghost flowing in this place. And then the pot of manna, I'm fixing to close. God's way of blessing and the provision that he has provided for his people. He'll still do what his word said. You give him his tenth. And you don't need to mess with it. Keep your hands off that pot of manna. It'll grow. It'll come back to you just like he said it would. Finally, the men of Bashemesh said, we've had all this we can take. Move it out of here. And the Levites once again come and get the Ark of the Covenant. They take it to Abinadab's house. It remains there somewhere around a hundred years. There's only one time that Saul even mentions the Ark of the Covenant. He just makes a reference to it. He does not seek for it. And then, after this, that he is not sought after it, there comes along a man by the name of David that has a heart after God. And he 
seeks for it. I want that Ark of the Covenant. Listen to me. They went right on offering up their sacrifice. They went right on the oil and the candlestick. The offering of incense. The bread was on the table. But behind the curtain, the Ark of the Covenant was not there. Oh God, I'm scared tonight. Lest God leaves us with a sham. Lest God leaves us with an empty feeling. Lest God leaves us. I'm going to tell you it'll work, church. The anointing of God is still real. The move of the Holy Ghost is still real. Yes, we can still have it today. Yes, sir. It's God's plan for us to have it. David said, I've got to have it. It's been put away too long for over, uh, right at a hundred years now. And he seeks for it. And his good intentions, he goes back to bring the Ark of the Covenant. And some way, isn't it amazing how false doctrine and false ideas can last so long? After all this time now, a hundred years, do you believe somebody still remembered that new cart? That new way of doing things? And said, prepare a new cart. Put some taillights on it. Some Monroe shocks on it. We're going to go get the new cart. We're going to get the Ark of the Covenant in a new style. Get some flashy bumpers and some blinkers on this thing. Man, this baby's got to run. And this baby's got to be smooth. And it's got to look good. And one man puts forth his hand to balance it. And he's smitten dead. And David said, ooh, hold it. It looked like the real thing, but there's something wrong. I wonder tonight when we'll ever stop and go back to our knees and go back to an altar and reconsecrate our life and say, the old path is not a new way. It's the old way, and it's the best way. And it'll still work. It's not outdated. We don't need this new deal where they got this woo woo put your hands together now folks we're fixing to praise a lot and the audience goes church hear me there's a spirit to that that scared me to death and is that what we're working to get in our churches no sir huh are we trying to give a do dad feel good deal to everybody comes in our church where they think, woo, 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 boy, it's a moving around there. No, I'm going to tell you, it won't make you go home pour the beer out of your refrigerator. And it sure won't make you get rid of your television. Hey, don't get mad at me. The Baptists are preaching against television. There's just a few backslid Pentecost that won't preach against television anymore. Go ahead and stand with me. Rest of y'all, have y'all got television or something? Oh, God. Oh, God. I'd hope if I was in the world that I wouldn't let my little babies, I wouldn't let my children fill their mind with the garbage. Garbage! that has corrupted our beautiful and wonderful nation.
That's the reason our problems of sin that's taking over this country. It's television. Yet our Pentecostal homes are filled up with it and people come. They don't even ever hear anybody preach against it. Oh, God. Oh, God. Sister Hollis, I know Brother Hollis was crude, but in his way, and my dad was. But I'm here to tell you, they love this mess. Has <laughs> our talent and ability got us in a mess? Come on. Because we can put a message together and then trick people and capture their attention and imagination for 30 minutes? Has it got us in a mess? I'm here to tell you, yes. Oh, yeah, that, that, that really went over, didn't it? Jesus. Jesus. Let, let, me, let me add something quick to that. That does not give us a right, preachers, to not pray and study and fast and walk with God and seek God and travail in the Holy Ghost and get something from God. Yes, sir. up your hands to the Lord. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Where are the Mad Hollands? Where are the Harm Hollands? Where are the Joe Dukes? Where are Verbal Bean? Where, where, where is A.O. Holmes? Brother Alice? Oh, brother, you just don't understand. If you go have church, I mean, you gotta, you gotta color this thing up. I mean, you gotta, whoo, 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 like we're McDonald's. Like we gotta compete, like McDonald's is competing with Burger King. Come on! I mean, you gotta stay in. You gotta do it, brother. I'm gonna tell you, and I say this humbly, and God forgive me if I'm glorified. God, I preached, I prayed, I fasted, I sought God, and I said, God. I want you to do a work and I want you to prove to this 
Pentecostal Jesus name, one God world that thinks you've got a half backslide and do away with old time Pentecost. I want you to prove that you can have a church victorious, growing, anointed, moving in the Holy Ghost that's keepers of the Ark of the Covenant that hadn't given in to these little cheap do-dad things and cheap trinkets of giveaway and slip up on the backside of somebody and ooh, you can't hurt them, you can't preach. Oh, I had that evangelist and he ran a he ran a brand new man I had coming off. Listen, I've been down, I'm forty four years old. I've watched them come and go. And I want to tell you something. If old time preaching will run you off, I found out I was a whole lot better off. I'm t- not, not somebody getting up taking pot shots. Not somebody that fooled around all day and didn't study and didn't pray and just wanted to shoot at somebody. Didn't have no burden. Didn't have a message, Brother Springer. Got mad at the church because they didn't have the victory themselves. I'm not talking about that nonsense. That makes me mad. I can see through that too. Just get on a little hobby horse and that's all they can ever do. Just get on that one little hobby horse and take shots at that one or two major issues. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody that's walking talk with God. Walks in the Holy Ghost preaching. That's right. Tell it, brother. Tell it. Holy Ghost preaching. Holy Ghost preaching. Double stopping preaching. Honey, if you can run them off, just draw back and run them off. Because I found out a long time ago, you was a whole lot better off without them. May I ask you a question? I'm afraid. Is the Ark of the Covenant coming to us? Or is the Ark of the Covenant going away from us? Is our shouting because we see it moving away? Are we going to sell this message out? Are we going to throw this thing away? Are we going to end up like the rest of the church world? And go for this little cheap feeling experience? Are we going to contend? It's going to be Holy Ghost tonight. It's going to be travail in the Spirit tonight. Somebody's going to shout. Somebody's going to come out of the aisle. Wheeling and a rocking. And a moving under the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo! There's some sister that's got hair still on them up. They're going to shout down. God give them glory down tonight. You're going to have church. It's a frightening day we're in. Brother, if if we can leave the message and sin fill our choir and sin take over and then call it revival.
We are blind. We are blind. We are blind. Split skirts that look like burlesque. Oh, Jesus. My Lord, my Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church. 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 Come on, keepers of the ark. Come on, saints, help us. Come on, saints, let's have your Bible together. Come on, saints, let's believe God together. Come on, saints, let's keep contending together. Come on, saints, let's keep praying. Come on, saints, let's keep fasting. Let's keep holding on to God. We gotta have your Bible. Reach over and touch somebody right now. Come on, join with somebody. Come on, let's pray together right now. Oh God, oh God. Oh God. me to death. I'm sorry. I've watched others do it. And we're not doing it in Little Rock up until this day. God being my help. You know why? Because some of my friends, I've watched them and I've already got too many reports back. That the people are watching everything. Don't deny it. Oh, I know it'd be wonderful to get the grandbabies and the children. I know there's so many wonderful things, but I'm telling you, where one is strong and maybe they could handle it, there's a hundred others that's going to walk through that 7-Eleven, and when it's within three feet, reach, and their mother and their daddy is out of town. It's just too great a temptation to rent a little movie and go home and watch some slime. Please, please, brothers, don't be mad at me. 
I, I, I'm doing the preaching tonight. God's going to charge me. And I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just telling you what's in my heart. I want revival. And I'm not re- ready to sell revival out for some of this little that you hear at the auditorium when the gospel groups come in and you feel that swelling spirit. God's got to be in this place. I heard a group supposed to be supposed to know the truth. A whole bunch of other groups had already been out and sing. They walked out and they said, oh, we've been in the back all this time. Just couldn't wait to get out with you Christians. Feel this. Oh, brother, I looked around me. I did see about six, seven Christians there with me. But the rest looked like they needed a revival. I'm sorry. I've really messed up, haven't I? I'll tell you one thing. I got a clean conscience. I preached what was in my heart. Let me tell you about this old flesh. If you think I'm a goody-goody boy and you think it's just A.O. Holmes' son and A.O. Holmes put all that in me, you're wrong. If it was left up to my flesh, I'd get a television full life-size screen six foot tall. Oh, yeah. Watch that ball game. That's what my ambition was, to be a football player. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you, I've touched the world, and every time I touch it, I got burned. And I kept saying, whew, is that God, or is that just by chance that this keeps happening to me? And I kept, and I'd go back, touch it, and I'd feel it, and I'd burn. I'd say, well, what's going wrong? What's happened? What have I done? Is it just by chance, or is this God? And I woke up. I said, my daddy was right all the time. Joel, you didn't have to try to figure it out yourself if you'd have just listened. That's what, that's what grieves me tonight. I wonder how far down the road I would be tonight if the devil hadn't sidetracked me a few times along the way. Oh, but you ain't supposed to talk like that in front of saints. Hey, these saints have already heard this many times. Bless their pitiful heart. Come up here 400 miles and hear their pastor preach. And they've heard me preach I preach this stuff by the hours. They've heard everything you've heard tonight. Last Sunday, now Joe Mason, don't you get mad at me. I'm going to tell this. He said, Daddy, I, I, I just can't wait to hear you preach. Boy, you're talking about a compliment. That makes me feel so good with my little boy, 13 years old. I said, I think I'm on... Maybe he asked me, what you going to pray? I said, I think I'm going to go back in the book of Samuel. He said, well, it has been a while since we've heard that. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm not preaching what I'm preaching tonight. Because I don't live in the flesh. And would do everything. But you know what I learned about this flesh? There's no stopping place to this place. <laughs> you turn it loose a little bit and he wants a little more. And you let that go and he wants something else. It's a Solomon said, the eyes are never full. The heart is never contented. He wants a little more and he wants to wait out a little further. 
Oh God. <laughs> Daddy, Mama, you were right all the time. They have a move of God and have a real church. It's gonna take consecration, it's gonna take prayer, it's gonna take separation. <laughs> and when I turned around on that road, I said, I'm gonna pay the price, I'm gonna have revival, I'm gonna do the will of God. Our whole church turned around. And God opened the windows of heaven. And he poured out blessings. I am so humbled by all that God has done. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm here to tell you humbly tonight. There's never, there's not been no financial strain. Week after week. People open up their heart, and I don't even mention it, and give, and give, and give, and give. I'll say this to the glory of God. Our church doesn't even know this. Christmas time, a man brought me a $50,000 check. He said, put it in the building fund, do whatever. I said, brother, you've given so much. You shouldn't do this. God help me. Maybe I need to repent for that. He said, I want to tell you, Brother Holmes, I ought to be ashamed after all God's done for me that I'm not doing more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you can't tell me that if you turn and pray that God won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings the where there will not be room enough to receive. And if you get them any other way other than from the hand of God, your blessings will be nothing but a curse because it will dig you deeper and deeper and deeper. I'm through. Forgive me. I preached more what I intended. I said more than I intended. I told more than I intended to tell. But if I help somebody in this building get a hold of this message, wake up in their mind tonight. <laughs> if I pour my heart out, revealing what's in my heart, as help one person turn from this devilish, sinful, compromising, rebellious world that we're living in and walk away from this new thing called that's in Pentecost. I thank God for it. Lift your hands. <laughs>